Hello, everyone. Welcome to Coaching with Mastery and Elegance with Tijan Jenko. This is Tijan Jenko, Master Certified Coach, Board Certified Health and Wellness Coach, and a Mentor Coach. And I have here my wonderful partner in podcasting, Marta Regalado. Welcome, Marta. Thank you, Tijan. Thank you for that warm welcome. It's always to be good to be with you. So where are we going to go today, Marta? So today we're going to talk about resilience. And re resilience, it's interesting because normally it is defined as bouncing back from a challenging situation. And I know that you have a different way of defining the word. So I thought maybe we could start there. Absolutely. What I discovered over the years that as anything, our view in um, looking at an experience has a lot to do with what we do with the experience. So if we look at a challenge and an adversity, as something needing to be getting rid of, then that will be our experience with it. We will do anything and everything to get us back into how things were before. However, if we look at an adversity and a challenge, once the trauma passes, <laughs> huh? as an opportunity, an invite to relate to life differently, to function differently, to think differently, to emote differently, then we can actually take that as an opportunity and a facilitator of change towards a different response. That then to me is an expansion of human capacity versus the traditional definition is a narrowing or sustaining the human capacity. So in my definition then, the resilience becomes, I, as I call it, the potentializing opportunities to uh, human uh, achievement that is yet to be dormant within us. Otherwise, we wouldn't be recognized that if we're always doing the same thing and if life gives us always the same thing, we will respond to life the same way. But if we face an adversity, we need to shift things around to function. So then that comes with that potential to expand, to function differently. So... I see then the resilience is an invite and, and um, opportunity for change. And so every adversity then has potential to get us into a new place that otherwise we wouldn't be before. Yeah. And as you say this, it reminds me of two things. You know, I know in your coaching, you know, kind of the ultimate intention is for your clients to reach their full potential. Right. And it's really interesting how it's kind of like a different way, you know, than kind of traditionally how we're taught 
to reach that full potential. And you also write, if I can read this back to you, um, every adversity comes with the potential to develop superpowers. Our response to shrinking when facing challenges often keeps us from that potential. Correct. Yeah, so I think those words you, you write really illustrate, you know, exactly what you've told us and uh, how it's, it's an opportunity and an invitation as opposed to something that, you know, we want to get rid of. Absolutely. And the superpower is a unique thing to every one of us, right? We all respond to challenges differently. So therefore, that is the opportunity to tap into the potential if we choose to tap into. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. How it's a choice. Mm -hmm. and, and I'm curious, as we're talking about, you know, how we kind of, you know, it's something we're faced with adversity and normally it's something that we want to get rid of. I'm curious about the cultural influences, if any, that surround this. Yeah, to me, I've been to many cultures, as you know, just like you are. And often that pretty much every culture I've been to facilitate getting rid of things to return back to equilibrium. Although you look at even with culture within a culture, such as corporate culture, in many ways challenges the employees, but still the challenges looked at as a um, putting up the fires and, and the language around that is something that is needing to be getting rid of or stabilized and so on, not getting to feel curious about it, not getting to partner with it. So culture has a lot to do. And in a way that this is one of the ultimate cognitive distortions, I feel, in human development, the way we look at adversity. Mm -hmm. Wow, one of the ultimate cognitive distortions. Yeah. And you talked about partnering with challenges. So can you tell us a little bit more about that partnering and maybe that, that kind of that shift that needs to happen from putting out the fire to partnering with the challenge or adversity. Yeah, you may remember that we discussed in our um, Sufi ways for mm -hmm. philosophical approach to coaching uh, group discussions that if we see the universe and the things around us as enemies or not trusting uh, things, then our response is going to be from the heightened levels of nervous system reactivity. If we see the world around us 
some energy, something that is partnering with us towards our development, then we have much better and easier track into achieving our highest potential as you brought forward that it is my niche to getting people to that potential. So therefore our way of looking at it, reframing has a lot to do with that. And one can look at the universal sources as something to fight with, or one can get into this example I often give that understanding them and partnering with them just like a surfer would, mm. waiting for understanding the nature of the waves and the wind and the flow of things and riding along, then they can take their craft in the mastery. Mm -hmm. appreciating and partnering so that's what I am talking about how is that landing on you yeah so the word that's coming up for me is this resistance that comes up and I'm curious you know what you know what about us as humans you know has us you know feeling very resistant to these challenges and you know these adversities where we need to reframe them in order to see, you know, from a place of trust and a place of, you know, the potential that this situation can offer. I'm wondering with that resistance where, because I feel a lot of it, when I'm faced with a challenge or any kind of adversity, I want it to go away. You know, I admit that's the first thing I want, you know, and I wonder where this resistance, I think many of us feel, where might that come from? Absolutely. You're not alone in that. I, my first response is to that too. And I need to regulate myself back into different point of view, mm. different reference and uh, different reframing. And I think that I was, um, if I give you this example, that's going to resonate with you that we all have some experience that can leave a traumatic imprint as as we grow up and then the anything else that resembles that that's the nervous system response to getting rid of the the way we understand and and uh, that response and re-regulate the nervous system into a different uh response that's where we have the capacity to choose and for example, that if you leave a little girl in a dark room alone, then uh, as a toddler, their first response is going to likely to feel abandoned and scared and they want their caretakers to be around and all that. And that can leave an imprint in the nervous system, a reactive response to anything resembles that growing up without recognizing that's coming from that. But once one does a self-reflective work via coach or any other way, recognizing that initial response then also gives an opportunity to recognize because of that, 
what one developed. For example, that little girl, the toddler, probably developed deeper listening skills sitting in the dark, trying to figure out where the uh, caretakers are or develop further ability to sense in the dark and listen the silence differently or develop internal uh, world, very rich world, because there isn't anyone else around her. So then one starts to recognize this via the self-reflection at certain point in their life, then they will have the opportunity to change the nervous system response in a different reaction. Yeah, and it's interesting because it almost sounds like, you know, that those challenges, that's where those superpowers, you know, kind of were, you know, kind of came up and, you know, maybe throughout time were honed. That's very interesting. And as you talk about, you know, the nervous system and its role in this, I'm curious about its role in building resilience. Now, what, what needs to happen there for, for kind of that shift to occur in the nervous system? As you know from this and from my uh, neurologic approach to coach training, when nervous system is responding to a signal that surveys around the human being that informs the system there is no safety or we are in danger, then the response is going to come towards creating the safety by blocking things or whatever the person's learned response to create safety. At that mode of operation, we're not necessarily as creative. We're in the mode of defense. So once we see that response, with self-work, then we can actually re-understand that incoming signal. Then that gives us opportunities to choose a different response, which is likely to be more creative. Mm -hmm. Because in the safety response, we block often the creativity energy. To sustain. And when we tap into that creative flow, that's when we develop the superpowers. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's so interesting how coaching is a tool to increase, you know, our capacity to build resilience and to kind of to go from a little bit of this kind of defensive mode that you were talking about to feel the sense of safety that we need in order to be able to, you know, be creative and bring to light our superpowers. And as, you know, since I'm currently in your somatic course, somatic and energetic course, I'm curious how somatic work might influence this process. Absolutely. I think it can be chicken and the egg, but uh, let's say that the nervous system produces the non-safety signal and there is going to be some imprint in the body that expresses that, such as the capacity to breathe, uh, capacity to listen, 
um, stay present, the heartbeat and all that, that's the somatic imprint or that the somatic imprint can also trigger the nervous system response. If, for example, the memory in the little girl's memory bank uh, recalled from any kind of darkness, regardless of her age, then whatever she was feeling, she will her body will replicate, then she will produce the same response in the heartbeat or the sense of sadness that left abandoned and whatever those are. So they are imprints in the body that one can, in a coaching conversation, retrieve them as a clue to understand their response to the adversity so that they we can have an opportunity to reframe and produce different response towards an expansion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it sounds like that reframing, you know, is essential. And it almost sounds like, you know, the, the reframing happens, you know, cognitively, but there's some shift that happens in the body as well, I'm hearing. Absolutely, because um, the um, cognition isn't only happening in the mind. Every cell in our system is intelligent. Every system producing cognition, uh, the intuitive cognition is happening in the intestines. Mm Emotional cognition is happening in the heart. So it actually, then every system is producing signals and every system is changing. So our coach's ability to have that language, to have a dialogue with the client, whatever the signal might be happening, gives the coach and the client greater opportunity for change. If we are often, um, that's what I see the lack in the capacity to coach when the coach training only includes the language of the mind, Mm -hmm. because often that our intellect agrees to a different response, but can we get our body to function differently? Mm -hmm. Right? Yes, yes. (laughs) You know, it's so often in conflict. Yes. Yeah. Don't we know those in the coaching conversations, the client? Yes, I know. And this and that. I did this work, but they still struggle. Yeah. So it almost sounds like this, like, you know, harmonizing. Correct. You know, that has to happen kind of in the, in the mind and the body. Um. So as you, as we have this discussion, I know that from your you know, life experiences, you know, you took those experiences that you had and you, you know, as, you know, the wonderful and incredible teacher that you are, you put everything in a course on resilience and the Jenko method, five steps to resilience. And I'm curious if you can tell us a little bit about that, because I know your course is very different, very unique a very unique offering and I would like to I would like to hear more about you know the journey that you take your students on Mm, thank you I appreciate um your acknowledgement and encouragement so 
I've developed that course. I think we discussed in another podcast as well that when I was diagnosed with the breast cancer, and obviously that was uh, quite a hard challenge for me to see the universe as a creative partner in a news like that. So I needed to shift my point of view and a response to that experience. And I thought it through what will help me to shift my uh, frame of mind. Then I connected myself to one of my high degree, high passion, high creative flow and uh, a value, which is teaching and wow. making an impact in the world towards more harmonic world. So then my question to myself was that, how do I want to teach that I moved myself through this experience? That determined the way I relate to it. That determined that I needed not to freak out. I needed not to resist. I needed not to... Um, push it away. So I was looking for what is the expansion of this. In a way, what I did is, if you think energetically, there is a way for us to walk through a whole way. Or if you think there is a portal that pulling you through it. So I took the vision of how I wanted to teach and allow that vision to pull me through into a new way of existence mm -hmm. instead of walking my way. So that kind of collaboration and partnership I was talking about earlier with the universe, collaborating with the forces so that I could actually move through it. And um, through that journey, I recognized there were five significant steps that I was taking and I documented those for um, the people that they may be going through adversity. And even if that is in the past, one can go through those steps towards understanding their somatic and nervous system responses and find a new way of regulating the self towards a choice. Yeah. And it's it's interesting how this expansion, you know, the partnering with the universe and the expansion, you know, in your case, you know, when you were going through something so difficult personally, you know, you went to, how can I, how can I be of service to others? How can I help others through my teaching? Mm -hmm. And that seems, it seems so expansive in and of itself. Yeah. Right. You can see that uh, responses. And I never use the language of survivor mm -hmm. because I don't see any uh, adversity as something to be surviving from. Mm -hmm. And that's where the resilience language comes in, thriving mm -hmm. words come in. Right. So. That's the part of the cognitive shift also one can utilize is, as they go through the experience because 
survivorship also comes with their its partner, which is the victimhood. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So is, I'm curious if this is something that's taught in the course, you know, building this resilience language and creating an awareness of the language that might not be serving. People. Absolutely, yes. And there are the five steps in that uh, group coaching that I do uh, with the participants. And each session, then uh, participants will select something in their life that they wish to build resilience on. And even somebody can take that group coaching more than once, depending on which experience they are going to work themselves through. Even one can take themselves through the same experience more than once, right? So, and each of the session, there are five steps in my uh, methodology. And then each session, we work with the participants to get them to move from the one step to the next to create further awareness and further um, choice availability and mm-hmm. further creativity into their desired state. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when I I haven't taken the course and I, I really want to take it, um, and, but when I read about the course, you talk about the gatekeeper. Yes. Can you tell us a little bit about the gatekeeper just to create, you know, kind of like a visual in people's minds? Absolutely. So the gatekeeper is in a way our internal safety mechanism through the unconscious or subconscious that indicates our readiness. If you think about We talked about the affirmations, right, before that when we say certain things and the body somatically says, "Eh, no, that's not, I'm not there yet. And that's the gatekeeper in a way that, so our capacity and readiness and willingness to change that the gatekeeper conversation is that in a way internal or uh, via the coach coach or, um, yeah. So the gatekeeper um, in a way, you want to show them the ticket. You want to show them the medals. You want to <laughs> show them that the fierceness that, yes, I am ready to do this, to go to the next level. And in a way, my conversation with my gatekeeper was my vision. I want to teach this. Yes, I am ready. Take me through this experience, even if I don't want to. <laughs> I am ready and willing to go through it so that I can be at service. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there has to, it sounds like there has to be this kind of honoring your readiness level, you know, almost like a, a little bit of a holding back. There's the gate, gatekeeper. You honor that, you know, it's there. You can't just, you know, run past it. If not, you know, things start to kind of break down. There has to be, kind of like an honoring of that space. And this kind of reminds me of, like I see this a lot in clients where I almost feel like they're, they want to drive, like they have like their foot against the gas pedal, but then the car's breaking down and they're still hitting this, you know, it's a little bit different because maybe it's not a challenge, but it, it just, it becomes this physical challenge because their car, their body's kind of breaking down 
but they still have their foot on the gas pedal. And there's this conflict where there isn't this harmonizing of, you know, this is what I'm ready for. This is, you know, it's a little bit different, but you know, it's, it's this kind of inner, this conflict that happens. Absolutely. And building onto your metaphor in a way that one foot on the gas and one foot on the brake and the hand is over the handbrake, right? Mm -hmm. And so in this case, what I call gatekeeper is to introduce, reintroduce in a way, uh, people, their internal uh, response mechanisms Mm -hmm. so that we can be more inclusive of them in the journey so that they don't keep pulling the handbrake Mm -hmm. we understand what they need to feel safe what they need to feel comfortable so then maybe the one part of you wants to go 100 miles an hour and the gatekeeper says no that's not happening Mm -hmm. so then we'll figure out we are the conversation if we go start with the 35 miles an hour the gatekeeper is going to say okay to you all right then that's the partnership within yourself, without yourself, and towards the harmonic movement. Mm-hmm. Yeah, either kind of like a pulling back and moving forward to, in order to harmonize, which is so difficult. It can be, and, and fun at the same time. And, and this is the, that's where the creativity comes in, right? If you look at the crabs, they go sideways. <laughs> Sometimes it's not going forward and this and that. Maybe we go sideways a little bit and and that's okay. That's where the partnership, authentic partnership comes in. Mm -hmm. Not forcing our way through to get to a particular way, but to see how is it that I am invited to be different, to relate to life differently And what is this invitation doing to my being, the way I express myself into the world? What is the new uh, potential here, new capacity I have yet to experience myself as? Yeah. So this authentic partnership with ourselves and our experiencing ourselves in a different way. And it sounds like really actually appreciating the experience of ourselves or sometimes we don't we just kind of run past it we don't want you know there's no awareness around (laughs) that experience absolutely yeah absolutely yeah so i'm curious what might it cost someone to either to not be able to harmonize and build this resilience we talked about the cognitive distortions the unprocessed emotions that the freezing response and um, that turns into anger explosions and um, shrinking within self. I mean, traumas, as you know, I describe it from a level of breaking an acrylic nail all the way into the coming back from a war zone Mm and or observing somebody getting killed in front of you or god forbid you somebody going in an accident and causing somebody to die i mean these things can be very difficult things so but uh, the trauma response is different in every 
people, for highly sensitive beings, that um, going to a restaurant and uh, having an um, meal that is not satisfactory can cause a huge disappointment and grief and right versus mm -hmm. somebody else wouldn't care moving from countries and continents so it is in a way personal relationship understanding the self and how am I responding to adversity and where this is stemming from understanding that and um and then changing our response to what we're doing is going to get us there. Yeah. And I think that reframe of really looking at it as an opportunity can really kind of diminish maybe, you know, the fear and the resistance that can come up when facing something challenging. And this is, as you know, I teach to my students that the, the coaching is very different responding to uh, traumatic events than the therapy, right? Mm -hmm. And as I never ask my clients, how does that make you feel? The magnitude of an emotion can get in a way because it can be too much to digest all at once. So then the gentleness and cleverness and working with the client's response one can find a way to process the system, the somatic response, to receive, digest, and reproduce mm -hmm. is, is the key also. Yes, in a very gentle and skillful and creative way, yeah. it sounds like. Yeah. So I'm curious, as you tell us about the course, is the course for coaches? Is it for anyone who wants to take the course? The, the group coaching is open to anyone who's willing to uh, move themselves through an adversity experience towards a resilience that that could be what, uh, how am I normalize my life post COVID? It could be, how am I going to normalize my life after losing somebody or whatever that may be. And because it's a group coaching, anyone is willing and capable of change can come to those five week uh, group coaching session. I will not necessarily be teaching the methodology, but I will be coaching people through the methodology into their journey and beyond. Okay, wonderful, wonderful. So open to to coaches or anyone else who, you know, wants to kind of reframe, you know, the adversity and build more resilience. Absolutely. Towards their superpowers and potential. Towards our, yes, their superpowers and potential. That's beautiful. And it's, it's such an invitation on your yes. and such yes. a gift, offering, you know, your superpowers and, you know, your, the experience that led you to, to mm -hmm. create this. And the group coaching environment is, as you know, is very supportive and productive and creative because mm -hmm. um, obviously individual coaching has its own merits and privacy and beauty. And the group coaching often, I find it that the people form a collective spirit 
they learn from one another, they admire each other, and um, it is also very loving and creative space. Yeah. And if I can add, it's also a very inspiring place mm-hmm. to be. I've you know, attended many of your group coaching offerings, and I always feel at the end, I always feel very, very energized and inspired, and at the same time, very at peace. Beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. And does that also impact your coaching, the way you coach? Yes. Yes. I mean, it is something that I, you know, I would love to create in my coaching. I'm not sure if I do, but, you know, there is that intention Mm. for people to, it's almost like a homecoming, a coming home to yourself, you know, and really feeling at peace in your inner home. And so that's kind of, that's what I feel, you know, in your group coaching and individual coaching. And that's what I would love for, you know, my clients to feel as well. I don't know if I'm here, there yet, but that is my intention. Beautiful. Thank you. I'm having to listen your recordings. I can tell you you're already there. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you. I appreciate that. Absolutely. Yes. You're yeah, so person. as we wrap up this discussion on resilience, is there anything else you would like to share on the topic on your course that we didn't discuss? I think we discussed it uh, pretty much everything. And what I would say that uh, people actually find more information about my methodology in resilience in the YouTube channel at Jenka Coaching. I have a whole playlist that explains and um that also my five steps are also there. So I will encourage people to visit (laughs) the YouTube channel to learn more about. And as we talked about, the course is going to start end of June, June 30th. And I have limited space, um, five of them already taken. I have five more seats left. I will have only 10 uh, seats to keep the group uh, conversation at a high degree level. And um, so we will have those uh, through the five weeks, following weeks that we will move the group through their uh, topic of resilience in each step. Beautiful, wonderful. Thank you so much for sharing. And it sounds like it's gonna be a, a wonderful offering. Thank you. I appreciate that. Anything that you wish to share in this topic or your offerings before we finish? Um, well, this uh, on this topic, I I really I've really enjoyed, you know, and gotten a lot out of this conversation. And I think it's the reframe is so important. And I'm kind of curious to, you know, start reframing it in my mind and seeing what comes out of it, you know. And kind of harmonizing, you know, in front of the gatekeeper and seeing what's possible. So I really appreciate it. And my offerings right now, I'm doing something that's a little, not a little bit different, but it's, you know, I'm still doing the copywriting guidance, the coaching copywriting guidance. And now I'm also doing web design. Mm-hmm. So I'm helping my clients as well as helping them write their websites, 
design their website. So I like how I'm kind of melding, you know, all these things together. How beautiful and how much that is wanted. I often see people posting here and there. We need somebody. We need somebody. That's a beautiful space for you. And uh, how are the people going to find you when they need such help? So on my website, which is martaregalato.com. So that's the best best way to contact me. Sounds good. We'll put that with the show notes. Wonderful. Thank you so much for, for your time and for, you know, sharing your knowledge with us. Thank you for your companionship as always. And until the next time.